Welcome to Southside Presbyterian Church. The following sermon was taken from our Sunday gathering. If you'd like to find out more, or if we can help you on your journey in faith, head to our website, www.southsidepc.org, or visit us any Sunday morning at 9am. Good morning. My name is Dan, and I'll be leading us in prayer this morning to that great God we have just praised in our singing. Would you please join me as we pray? Heavenly Father, you are the great God, the King of all kings. You are the name above every name. Your kingdom is the truest of all realities. It is the only kingdom that will last, and there is nothing that can oppose it. Jesus preached it, he lived it, he even died for it. And it was there on the cross where your son, where you looked defeated, where your kingdom looked to be ending, where Satan and sin looked to have won, where your kingdom started and spread. And when he rose to life, Jesus showed that life was available to us too, that the way back to fellowship with you, the forgiveness of our sins, was open to anyone who put their faith and trust in you. And Lord, it is now part of your glorious will and purpose that your kingdom continue to grow and be made known through your people, the church. Lord, we thank you for forgiving our sins. We thank you for including us in your kingdom and the privilege of being a part of being on mission with you. In particular, Lord, especially on this morning, we thank you for the growth of Providence in the last seven years. We thank you for the privilege it has been to see and hear and be a part of your church continuing to grow. We thank you for Mikey, Heidi, Talitha, for their passion and their heart for people to see your kingdom grow in Sunnybank. We thank you for the lives that have been changed, for people whose faith has grown stronger, for people who have turned from the kingdom of this world to living and following you in your kingdom. Father, we also continue to pray for Providence and for us here at Southside too. We pray that in our communities, the good news of your son would continue to spread and bear fruit. We pray that people would know Jesus and make him known. We pray that we would be a part of the great joy and privilege to make and grow more of your disciples in our churches, both now and for the years to come. We pray that in all of these things, we would be focused on making your name great, serving with thankful hearts for what you have done for us in Jesus and with expectant hearts clinging to Jesus' promise that he will continue to build his church. Father, we pray now, as we hear your word read and preach from it, Lord, we do pray that you would be transforming our minds with the truth of your word, that the affections of our heart would be directed to you and you only, and that our hands and feet would be ready to serve out of thankfulness for who you are and what you have done for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.
Hello, my name's Megan. I'm one of the Providence crew and I get the best job in the house today of reading the true and living words of our good God who's revealed himself to us in the pages of the Bible. Uh, we're going to read just a couple of verses from the book of Philippians um, chapter 3. So I'll give you a chance to turn, turn to that in your Bible if you have one with you. Um, that's Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 to 14. Oh, it comes up on the screen here. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Megan. Hey, everyone. My name's Ben. If we haven't met before, we're going to have a look at this passage. But just before we do, I want to highlight one thing that Ross mentioned in the announcements about Alpha coming up next week. Last term was really good for our Alpha course here at Southside. Uh, we had seven people come the whole time. We had one person become a Christian for the first time. It was such a joy for us to be a part of that. And we're excited to go again next Sunday. I am announcing this because I'd love you to RSVP if you're coming along. And I'd love to encourage you, if you were planning to invite people Please do that. We want to encourage you for that. This course is our last Sunday course for the, for the year. Uh, term four, we'll go back to the nights in the mid, middle of the week. So if that affects you at all, then let that affect you. We're going to pray now and then we'll get into this passage. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thanks for the joy that we get to be together. Um, Father, we thank you that we can be all in one room this morning. We thank you that uh, you are a God who works among us. And we pray, Lord, that you would challenge us today, that you would shape us today, and that you would move among us for the sake of your glory and the good of your people here gathered and the people not yet gathered. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a big deal right, that we can gather together this morning. I hope you feel that. I hope that you're experiencing that this morning. It's a big deal to celebrate what Providence is and has become over the last, you know, a number of years. What began as an idea in Mikey and Heidi's head, what took place then in a living room with a small number of people, and then is what it is today. It's such an exciting thing to see people give countless hours to make Providence what it is, give sacrificially, serve wholeheartedly, and reach people for Jesus, it's a big deal that we're here today. It's also a big deal when we think about what Southside has uh, been molded and shaped over the last seven years as well. We too have experienced change. Uh, seven years ago, we were meeting in an SDA building around the corner. We had to set up our own sound system every Sunday now to the point where we are here today in this building, and to get to the point where we have pretty much doubled in size since seven years ago, we've watched people give countless hours, give sacrificially, wholeheartedly reach our community to be the point where we are here today. It's, it's big, right? It's a great celebration, and we want to celebrate that this morning, but there is a danger to what we're doing here today. There's a danger in our celebration, and the danger is this, the danger is thinking that this is the moment where we've made it. Right? That, that is the danger as we gather together this morning, thinking this is it. We've, we've made it. We've reached our goal. Our goal at the very beginning was for Providence to leave the home and become their own independent child, if that's what you want to call it. 
That's the danger that we face. And so this morning, what we want to do is we want to spend a moment seeking God's wisdom for this moment, hearing what God's got to say about this moment. And so what we're going to do is we're going to open up Philippians and have a look at this passage to see what God has to say about this moment as we celebrate and to help us as we think about the past and moving forward into the future. So again, if you've got your Bibles there this morning, or it'll be on the screen behind me, it's really simple this morning, and it's not going to be long. We've got three verses and three ideas, okay? That's where we're going today. So let's have a look. In chapter 3, we pick it up in verse 12, where it says this. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal. But one thing I do... Oh, sorry, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So what's God's wisdom for us this morning? What is God going to speak into this moment? Well, we've got three ideas, and the first is this, remember the goal. That's where we're starting, remember the goal. And it's really simple for Paul. The goal was to be with Jesus in heaven. You see that here. The goal shapes everything he does and everything he is about. He's all about the goal. You see it in verse 12. He says, I haven't already obtained all this. I haven't arrived at my goal. Verse 14, he puts it very clearly, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul wants us to remember the goal. The goal is to be with Jesus in heaven. That for Paul is what shapes everything he does. He's all about that goal. This is a brand new headset today. So if you get a bit of feedback, it's because we're testing it out on you guys this morning. Uh, that's more about my head me feedback. I feel like I'm going to break this. Are we good? Lockie wants me to use the handset. All right, we're going to the handheld. You got that? Oh, it's over here. We timed this for this morning. Here we go. All right, I can catch my breath. So the goal is for Paul, really simple, to be with Jesus in heaven. And this is what shapes everything he does. Right, Everything he does is all about being with Jesus in heaven and helping everyone else be with Jesus in heaven. Now, that is what he's been talking about in the book of Philippians. The context is important. He's writing to a church plant, a church that he planted in Philippi, and he's encouraging them to keep following Jesus. And Philippians is the book where we get the famous line from Paul, to live is Christ, to die is gain. He knows the goal. He knows it's all about being with Jesus in heaven and helping everyone else be with Jesus in heaven. And this is, the, this is echoing the whole story of the Bible. The God of the universe wants all people to know Jesus and to be with Jesus in heaven. You know, it's a story about how people rejected God, but God reunited people and redeemed people with Jesus and what Jesus did at the cross. This is what the cross is all about. This is what Jesus was all about. His death, his resurrection, his ascension, it's reuniting people to himself. This is why Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. This is why the disciples went out and church planted and reached people. It's because of the goal, the goal to be with Jesus and help everyone else be with Jesus. It's really important as we gather together this morning that we remember the goal, right? So the goal was not that the providence would become an independent church. It's a significant step and a great celebration, but that was not the goal. The goal was always to help people see Jesus. And so as we gather together this morning, we've got to remember in this significant step that we have not reached our goal. 
In fact, it's, it's kind of like this. You know, in our church uh, at Southside, over the last little week, we've welcomed a new baby into the life of our church. Beck and Chris had a, a new baby in the last couple of weeks, and we love that news. And I know over the last couple of years, Providence too have welcomed new babies into the life of their church. It's always a great moment when you, when you have uh, a new child entering into your church family. But think about it. When a baby is born, we know that's a significant step right? Because it's, it's, a, it's a long journey to get to that point. It's often nine months of difficulty for the mum. Let's be clear. It's nine months of difficulty. Often it's, it's, it's pain, it's hospital visits, it's stress. It's nine months of build-up, and then you get to that moment where the baby is born, and by God's grace, we celebrate that because it's a long, difficult journey. And what do we do when a baby's born? We celebrate the significant step, we enjoy the important moment of a baby's born. But no parent in that moment thinks they've made it. You know, when a baby's born, no parent thinks, oh, great, we can get back to the rest of our life and leave the baby at the hospital and we'll get on with the rest of our life. That's not how it works. We know that when it comes to children, we know that the journey isn't over at birth. Really, it's just beginning. Now, in some ways, that's kind of what we're doing here today. It's important that we think about that. This is a really important step. This, this step really matters for us. It's a really big deal, but today we haven't made it. The journey isn't over. In fact, in many ways, the journey is just beginning. And the reason for that is because of our goal. Our goal to be with Jesus. Our goal to help other people be with Jesus in heaven. You know, that's the reason providence exists. That's the reason church plants happen. That's the reason Southside exists. That's the reason people give wholeheartedly and sacrificially. It's because of the goal to be with Jesus. It's because of the goal to help everyone everywhere be with Jesus. So this, this morning, the first thing we must remember, we've got to remember, is our goal. There is wisdom God is giving us here to remember the goal. The goal is to be with Jesus and help everyone else. First point, remember the goal. Second, we understand the past. We understand the past. Now, the key thing here as we understand the past is we're understanding the past so that we're not living in the past. Okay, did you notice how Paul spoke about the past in this passage? He spoke about it in a pretty profound way, and in some ways it's quite confronting. So he says this a couple of times. He says, not that I've already obtained all this. But then in verse 13, he gets really to the point. He says this, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead... Now, if he's saying forgetting what's behind, what does he mean by that? It's, it's quite confronting language. What does he mean when he says forgetting what's behind? Does that mean he, he has no recollection of the past? Well, it can't mean that because of what Paul does. He often tells his story of the past. He tells what God has done. In fact, in Philippians chapter 1, he speaks about he's in prison and the whole prison guard got to know Jesus. He, he, in the book of Acts, we hear Paul tell his testimony three different times. The testimony of how he once killed Christians and now follows Jesus and helps other people follow Jesus. Paul doesn't forget everything that happened. So what does he mean when he says forgetting what's behind? Well, what he's saying here is the past is reshaped by the goal. He understands there is a goal that he is working towards and there is a race still to be run. He understands the past in the context of he's not living in the past, but rather he remembers it to spur him on. So if we think about it, remembering the past is good to remember God's grace to us. You know, we'll, we'll do that today. We'll remember God's grace. 
remembering what God has done in the past, it's good for us to remember how God carried us through difficult moments. Remembering how God worked through and in broken people. But we have to see that the past is only of limited value because of the race still to be run. And this is the illustration that he uses here. Paul uses this illustration of a race. And it's so good to think about this because we know races. Even if you're not into sport, we understand races. And in the last few years, there's been a couple of great moments illustrating Paul's point here that I want to highlight, particularly one in cycling. So if you know this, when a cyclist thinks that he's won the race, what they do, if you've ever seen this, what they do is they put both hands up in the air as they cross the line. And it's almost like they're flexing to the world that they can ride a bike without hands. And I'm impressed by that as I watch that. Okay, so here's the race, right? This was the under-23 world championship for, uh, for cross-country, I believe, was the race. And uh, this guy's name is Adam Tupolich, and he's crossing the line here. He thinks he's won the race. World championship, that's a big deal. Under-23, the best in the world at this. There was a problem for Adam Tupolich, though. The problem was he lost sight of the goal. He lost sight of where he was going. And in this race, he was crossing the, the line, but there was still one lap to go. So you can see the guy behind him putting his head down, going even harder. And what happened was they raced that extra lap and Adam Tupolich lost the race. He came second. Now, he did still get a prize, um, but it was a silver medal. So let's have a look at him. He's the guy in the blue with the white and red stripes. And you can see his face there. He is not happy about that at all. And he's not happy about that because he lost sight of the goal and then he didn't get the prize that he was chasing. Now, this is kind of the illustration we're getting from Paul here, right? He's saying, when I think about the past, I'm not holding on to it as if that's the victory. The past is only of limited value. Now, when we think about it, it's not that the past doesn't matter, right? So, it's not that what's happened in the last seven years has no value at all. No, just like in a race, how you race is important. You know, how you start, how you go in the middle, that's important. But what's more important is what's ahead of you. So we want to remember the past. Today we want to celebrate what God has done for us, but we've got to remember that we're only celebrating that in the sense that it's spurring us on to keep going because there is still a race to be had. We can't live in the past. Paul doesn't live in the past. He uses the past to spur him on to what's ahead of him. So we remember the goal to be with Jesus in heaven, to help everyone else be with Jesus in heaven. We understand the past in the sense that it's, 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 it's of limited value. We don't want to live in the past, which leads us to the third point. We live for the future. This is what Paul gets to here. As he's speaking about here, the goal and the past is reshaped, and so he speaks about the future. He says, forgetting what's behind in verse 13, he strains towards what is ahead. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul is now going towards the prize. He gets the goal, and so his future has been reshaped. You see his language there. He's straining towards what's ahead. He's pressing on to win the prize. He's not looking back to the past and thinking, there it is, I made it. No, he recognizes there is still a race to be had, and so he runs it. He strains forward. He presses on. Today, as we gather together, we do want to celebrate the past, but we've got to remember there is a race still to be had. 
And so the encouragement here, the challenge here is to strain on and press on towards the goal. We haven't made it yet. There's still a race to be run. So let's run that race. You see, we remember the goal, we understand the past, and then we live for the future. Now, the question for us is, what does this mean for us? What does this look for us as we do this here this morning? Well, what we're going to do now is two different things. So I'm going to give one thought, and then we're going to get some people on stage to help us think through what this looks like for us as we move forward as a church and think about the past for us. Okay, that's where we're going. So what does this mean for us? Well, the first thing is this. The big question I think for us this morning is we've got to ask this question, am I living in the past or living for the future? Am I living in the past or living for the future? You see, the temptation to live in the past isn't just a temptation for us on days like this. This is a temptation that can come for any of us at any time in our lives to look back on moments in our faith where things were going really well. And it might have been, you know, there was real fruit. It might have been real people that was, and it was real encouraging. You know, real stories of things that happened. And the temptation is what we can do at any point in our journeys, we can look back and think that was the peak, that was where we made it, and we describe it like the good old days. You know, we heard Ross talk about the good old days when we had sausage rolls after church. This is the temptation for us, though. We can look back to the good old days, you know, where we were more involved in things, where we hooked into church a little bit more, where we were more on fire in our faith, where, you know, our reading, our prayer was on point. You know, the good old days where we were on mission, where we knew the people in our neighborhood, or we were on mission to the people at our workplace. We were speaking about Jesus, and we were on fire. The temptation is we can look back to that, and we can live in the past. Now, this morning, we're not wanting to undermine the past. No, God worked in those moments, of course. God worked in those moments, and and God worked powerfully in those moments. And for some of us, there's things that no one ever saw that were powerful experiences of God's grace working in us and through us. But if we understand what Paul is saying here, we've got to let the past spur us on for the race ahead. And we've got to recognize that the past is only of limited value. And so when we look up and see the prize ahead of us, the goal to be with Jesus in heaven and to help other people be with Jesus in heaven— The challenge is for us this morning, and as we move out of this building, to live for the future, not living in the past, but pressing on towards the goal. So today, are you living in the past or are you living for the future? People around us in our community, the mission that we seek, depend on us living for the future. So let's hear Paul's words and be encouraged by that and spurred on by what God has done in the past. So the first thing is to think about that. The second thing, though, is I'm going to get some people up to help us think through this. So I'm going to invite Ross up to tell us a little bit more about that picture eight years ago, and Mikey and Heidi and I think Megan as well. So if they're around, can we give them a round of applause so that we can hear about their journey? Number three, Simon. You got enough stools? I got two now. Cool. All right, come on closer in. You don't. We don't need to separate. All right, good. Thanks for coming up. Uh, now, some of us we will we'll find out a little bit more about you. But let's start with you, Ross. 
Um, this is the picture, black and white. You're both looking good. Uh, I, th I think we should petition Mikey to cut his hair like that. I've been saying that for about three years. Yeah, Heidi wants it as well. Okay, so... <laughs> he does have beautiful hair, I've got to say. <laughs> That's right. I have a microphone. Yeah, 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 it's good. This is it. This is why we're throwing shade at you. You hold on to it, Mikey, for when it's your turn. Okay, so, Ross, so you get this message from Mikey eight years ago saying, hey, let's chat our morning to church plant in Sunnybank. Tell us why you would entertain that and what you were thinking as you got that message. Yeah, so even as a church of, I think we're around 60, we uh, were, pus were pushed to have this vision of reaching the 1% of our community with over 100,000 people who uh, lived within 10 minutes of our church. Uh, 1% is like to ask God to use us to reach 1,000 people. That's huge uh, and scary, but we ask God to do that. So when Mikey said, hey, I want to play in a church, and I want to do it just up the road. On the one hand, it's like, that's a bit threatening. A guy wants to plant a church just up the road from us. What, what? But as I got to know Mike and his passion, he's, uh, it become obvious he was reaching uh, a people that we would never reach possibly. Uh, his experience in uh, his own church background and in Sunnybank too. Uh, it was going to be, hey, this guy's on the same mission as us. We can work together. This is good. Yeah, awesome. Even though he turned up in a leather jacket, about five earrings and... Yeah. <laughs> we got to take it while he's got no mic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you described Southside there as well. Tell us a bit about Southside eight years ago. We've got a couple of pics reminiscing. Eight years ago, uh, well, this is seven years ago, uh, we still had the old house. So most of our ministries happened in the old house. We were also, also using the Seventh-day Adventist Church um, uh, at, at, on Sunday mornings. And like you said, Seventh-day Adventist Church was awesome for us to allow us to grow, but we did a whole lot of setting up. So that's Kim and her hospitality team setting up for morning tea. And a lot of those, I think all those kids are still here. They just look way more grown up. But it's a, just a reminder, hey, we've come a long way. You know, the old house is not even there anymore. Uh, kids are all grown up. But yeah, seven years ago, a lot's changed. Like you said, we're pretty much doubled our size in seven years. We're in this amazing place. There's so many good stories in that seven years. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, as you think about then, so we've sort of had this transition, thinking about the past, looking forward to what's ahead. What excites you as you look ahead? Yeah, um, now we're here. It's exactly what you're saying this morning. We could say we've made it, we're in this building, uh, we've been part of a successful church plant this has all been really good but in fact uh in the next seven years we're going to be thinking about uh, and continuing to pray that god will continue to use us to reach that one percent that in the next seven years we should be expecting uh that we'll be running two services that our kids ministry will be busting um and just you know our kids are going to be that much older that um we need to invest in the next generation of kids young adults and that sort of thing We've got a whole bunch of guys looking at um, doing training for ministry that we've got to think about how to do that and how to do that better. Um, so there's a lot on the radar and it's very exciting. But yeah, seven years ahead, that's going to look way different again. Yeah, awesome. All right, Mikey, do you want to say anything back to Ross? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, um, I like, no, I, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, yeah, I want to keep my desk up the office, so let's just That's keep it right, that way. that's right. Um, okay, so uh, this is a moment for you and Heidi. Hi, Heidi, as Hi. well. Um, now, we haven't seen you guys for a long time. 2019 was the last time I was here to preach, uh, Easter, and yeah, I saw a photo of that yeah, recently, so yeah. Wow. It's, 
been Before a while. Before COVID, it's been a long time. Yeah, there's a lot of people here I probably don't know, actually. But um, yeah, it's it's been a while. Nice. So uh, tell us a little bit, and this is this can be a question for both of you or whatever the way you want to answer this. But tell us about your ch- your you know we were talking about the idea first yeah. to church plant. Where did that start, and what was sort of the desire to do a church plant? Uh, this, is a, this could be a long answer or a short answer. Uh, it, it does really go back to uh, when I was a young adult. I spent um, summers, my fi- I think five summers in Taiwan on mission trips, and I loved that. You know, I loved being there in, a, in another country, in another context, sharing the gospel with um, people uh, who were different to me. And, and to, if you walk through Taiwan, if you haven't been to Taiwan, it's 3% of the country, about 25 million people as well, 3% are Christian. But if you walk through any of the streets, uh, we were in the countryside in this little country village town and all the houses, if you walk through, every house has this little uh, room with red lights. Even in nighttime, it's always on. The red lights are always on. And they're lights um, for altars in the room, in the house. So everyone's worshipping altars and, and, um, and their gods. And it really reminded me of the whole Acts chapter 17 passage, you know, where Paul goes through Athens and he, and he looks at um, altars and there's inscriptions, you know, to an unknown God and people are worshipping unknown gods. And, and I thought about our own context in Australia and I thought about my friends, my non-believing friends and the unknown God that they worship. Yeah, but they have a name. They, they call it success or security or fame or beauty or sex or whatever it is. And I think, hey, actually our God has a name and his name is Jesus. And I think for me, wanting to bring um, the gospel to my friends and people I know in my own hometown in Brisbane um, became something really important to me. Uh, and, and if you look around, you know, the nations are here on our doorstep. I don't need to go to Taiwan. I don't need to go to um, Pakistan. I don't need to go to Europe. You know, they're here. Everyone is coming to Australia. Uh, and so I just felt this real passion to want to start something new in Brisbane. Um, and yeah, I think with, with Heidi's... Yeah, I think I'll add that I didn't grow up in a Christian family, and so I became a Christian at the age of 21, and I attended a church planting church, and I just, yeah, I saw how church plants can actually effectively reach new people for the gospel, and so we wanted to see that happen in Brisbane, and um, I'm from Sydney, and basically there are churches everywhere. There are churches on every street corner, um, good Bible teaching churches, churches reaching, um, you know, Gen Y, Gen Z really effectively. Um, and we, I guess, wanted to see that in Brisbane as well. We noticed that a lot of people were traveling really, really far distances just to get to a really good church. Um, and so, yeah, we wanted to see Providence in Sunnybank, yeah, reaching new people. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. It's awesome to hear a little bit about that. You know, we've probably known about your story for a long time, but never even heard that. So it's great to hear that. Um, so let's think about the last seven years for you guys. What's been the, m- the most kind of encouraging moments for you when you look back on where Providence has come from and where it is now? Well, there are so many things. Um, but, yeah, seeing lives changed because people hear the gospel of grace for the first time, whether they've grown up as Christians or not, whether they come from a Catholic church or a Pentecostal church or a very legalistic background or experience-based background. Like we've just seen people gathered in our church uh, because they truly believe in the gospel of grace and they've seen and witnessed Jesus um, at work in their lives. I think that's fantastic and it's what we, I guess, came to do. Um, One story that Um, I often share, and it's my favourite story, is the time where, um, yeah, I met an atheist um, in a cafe and she was very antagonistic um, towards Jesus. Um, But 
yeah, God just placed it on my heart to uh, reach out to her, to keep praying for her. Um, I asked all my friends in my Bible study group to also visit the cafe and get to know her as well. And so what began as small talk and, you know, really awkwardly trying to engage this girl who's 10 years younger than me, by the way, um, became deeper conversations, spiritual conversations. And over time, she um, met so many Christians from our church and she realized, hey, Christians aren't that weird. Um, and they have a lot of answers um, to questions in life. And so she, um, although told me and rejected me many times um, that she's not interested, she one day decided to come visit church, um, heard the gospel preached, um, decided to get baptized shortly after. Um, yeah, and we've heard stories like this over and over again. And it's not my courage, it's not the courage of the people in our Bible study group because I know for certain that I was so scared to approach her and I'm awkward. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's the power of God at work. And we've had a front row seat um, to seeing him at work. And that's the highlight, I guess, for me. Uh, I should refer to these photos. So the first photo is from our church camp back in 2015. So we had, a, yeah, I don't know how many people there, about 20 or so. And then a service as well back in 2015. I think you fast forward now, and this is where we're at. So that was a photo from last week's service at the bottom corner, and yeah, our seventh birthday photo. So that's about 80, 90 people there. So praise God uh, for what he's done in our church, um, yeah, and through our people. Um, it's been really awesome to see that. And I think, yeah, I think my biggest highlight is to see that, to see uh, our people come together and want to be on mission. Uh, I think uh, we're always thinking about how do we keep reaching more people. And for me, you know, having a heart uh, to, to, to talk to non-Christians. We have non-Christians uh, in, our, in our service most weeks, uh, even if it's just one or so. But it's, it's, I love engaging with them. And I think for me, that's something I've always had a heart for. Um, one of my, my favorite highlights is actually 2018, we hired out Blank, Black Ink Cafe just up the road here, uh, and we did this music night, and we had about uh, 60 people there, and about 30 of them weren't believers, and it was just a night of music and food, and it was just an opportunity to, to meet non-believers and tell them that we're a church, uh, and it was just those thinking, thinking of methods or, or ways, like strategies like that to reach people where they're at uh, and to, to bring the gospel to them. I think, for me, the, the highlight has been just that, like just talking to non-believers over the years, and I that's what excites me the most about church. Yeah, it's so good to hear that heart to help people see Jesus, what Paul was talking about. Can I slide in another one? Another yeah. highlight was actually this one. Uh, this is ABC News. <laughs> this is 2000 and what was it, 17 or 18 as well, I think. Um, 18. Yeah, 18. Yeah, and so... Um, the timing of this was crazy. So they came and they interviewed us because they were surprised that there's a church being planted in Sunnybank when churches are closing around Australia. And if you know the latest census, you know, there's less Christians in Australia and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, they were surprised. Why are you planting a church uh, in, why are you planting a church in our context, you know, right now when um, people aren't interested in Christianity? And I was able to address that and, and talk to people, and uh, talk to the, the reporter about this, about how uh, the reality is everyone in every generation, every context has spiritual questions. You know, where do we find happiness in life? Where do we find, uh, where do we find joy? Where do we find peace? Where do we find freedom? And, 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 and people are still searching for that. Uh, whether or not they believe in the, the institutionalized Christianity, you know, that, that we're part of, it's Christianity uh, offers them a solution. It's in Jesus. And so I was able to, to share that with um, the reporter, the, the journalist that day. And it was just a, a highlight for me to be able to share, um, no, like Jesus is still the answer. And, and we yeah. got on the news. Awesome. Yeah, you got on the news. That's right. That's right. He's made it. You made it. <laughs> That's good. 
That was the mountaintop, hey? Yep. So let's speak yeah, about... We're done now. We're done now. There's no yeah. more... There's, that's the goal. That was the goal for us. So it. let's speak about then moving forward and the downhill trajectory <laughs> of where you're going. But what does excite you then moving forward? More of the same. I think more of the same. And, and now with, uh, with more people um, who call Providence home, them on that mission with us. You know, I, every week I always look around, and I've said this since day one, like, why, why do you come to this church? Or why are you here? And, I, like, I didn't know you, you know, a few weeks ago. I didn't know you a few months ago. I didn't know you a few years ago. Uh, but they want to be part uh, of the gospel at work in our church and, and through our church uh, and on board. You know, so our, our membership course is called On Board, and coming on board is to, to, to um, bring the gospel to others and to, uh, to live that out together. So I think that's something that I've been really encouraged by, and that's what I'm excited by. That there are so many uh, new people every week coming through saying, yeah, this is the ch- type of church I want to be part of because I want to bring my non-believing friends here. Yeah. So it's really more of the same. Uh, I think I'm, yeah, every time I come here, I'm just amazed by like the children's ministry and just seeing all these mums with baby brains showing up to church. Like now that I'm a mom, like, <laughs> wow, like respect for you guys, <laughs> respect on motherhood and fatherhood. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to see our church grow the next generation of disciples. We have, I don't know how many babies now, five. Yeah, and we're still working things out. Um, but yeah, one day we hope to, yeah, see or have what you guys have, and yeah, that excites me. Like training up the next generation. Yeah, awesome, that's so great. Well, thank you so much for sharing, um, and I'm sure you'll be around after the service if anyone does want to ask you about that more. Hello, Megan. Hello. Thanks for coming on stage today. Uh, we really appreciate that. Would you be able to tell us about your journey of coming to Providence and also coming to Jesus? Um, so I came to Providence in 2018. Um, when I started working part-time, um, my stall wanted me to work on Sundays and then I couldn't go to my old church. So I used to go to Duong Baptist with my family. Um, but at that point, it was sort of that, well, do I take God seriously or do I take church seriously? Um, so I decided to change churches um, and the province at the time had 5 p.m. service and I had heard about that. So I joined, it came along and since then I've been staying so (laughs) yeah awesome and was that like a big shift for you coming to providence in that moment like do you feel like you got to know jesus a little bit better or tell us a little bit about that yeah so um growing up in church obviously is a lot of christians or a lot of people that have grown up in churches don't exactly have the best experience at church whether it's just tagging along with your family or just going because you're told to um it sort of became an independent decision that i made to go somewhere alone and to figure out what what it is what it means to be a Christian for myself, and so coming to Providence, um, hearing Mikey speak and you know the community and everything, um, you can definitely see Jesus working in that church and the people around you as well. Um, as you get to talk to more and more people, um, listening to sermons and also just realizing for yourself what it means to be committed to Christ on on your own decision. Um, yeah, so definitely have um, gone through that journey here yeah. at Providence, yeah. That's awesome. It's so good to hear. And tell us a little bit about how you're involved now at Providence. Um, so I am on the hospitality um, team, so that's welcoming everyone um, you know, just every so often and also just started my first leadership role at church as well. So I'm leading with a co-leader um, for our Bible study community groups once a week. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's new. <laughs> yeah, and how have you found that? 
really challenging um, at the same time also really rewarding um, you just don't see that you see everyone else from a different lens once you start that leadership role is to you know you know um, discipling people also caring for people more than you would usually um, in a different way and uh, yeah wanting to see people grow genuinely um, so yeah it's really good. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming up on stage and sharing that. You want to add anything to that, yeah, Can I just say, Megan's really shy. So, <laughs> like, I've seen Christ change her so much in the f in the last few years she's been with us. And um, she's come out of her shell and she's a lot more confident in herself, but also confident in Christ, most of all. And, you know, I, I can see her heart to, to bring uh, her friends to church and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so, she is a, a different person. Yeah. She's just too shy to admit that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, thank you for coming on stage. We really appreciate that. Thanks so much, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up in prayer, I think, and then I'll pass it over to you guys. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, we pray as we um, gather together this morning and remember the goal that we're working towards, Lord, the goal um, of being with Jesus in heaven and helping other people be with Jesus in heaven. We pray, Lord, that this would transform the way that we think about the past and the way that we think about the future. And Lord, as we look back and hear real stories that are really encouraging of how you've worked in the past, we pray, Father, that this may spur us on to what you're doing in us and through us into the future. And we pray this in Jesus' name.